Welcome. The parish is a church community in Alpharetta, Georgia, practicing the way of Jesus for the sake of others. Talks like these are just one part of how we gather to be deeply reshaped by Jesus. So we invite you to join us any Sunday morning for a full church gathering. You can find more information or contact us by visiting our website at parishanglican.org. From the book of Galatians 5 and 6, uh, we did a very similar scripture reading last week, and so uh, we want to repeat and continue to sit with some of what we read last week, and then we'll introduce some new stuff toward the end of this. So as they read, I'm just going to uh, invite you to open up your heart, receive what God may have for you, what is being accented and highlighted for you in our passage this morning. So let's give our attention to the Word of God from Galatians. It is absolutely clear that God has called you to a free life. Just make sure that you don't use this freedom as an excuse to do whatever you want to do and destroy your freedom. Rather, rather use your freedom to serve one another in love. That's how freedom grows. For everything we know about God's word is summed up in a single sentence. Love others as you love yourself. That's an act of true freedom. If you bite and ravage at each other, watch out. In no time at all, you will be annihilating each other. And where will your precious freedom be then? My counsel is this, live freely, animated, and motivated by God's spirit. Then you won't feed on the compulsions of selfishness. For there is a root of sinful self-interest in us that is at odds with the free spirit, just as the free spirit is incompatible with selfishness. These two ways of life are contrary to each other so that you cannot live at times one way and at times another way according to how you feel on any given day. Why don't you choose to be led by the Spirit? Since this is the kind of life we have chosen, the life of the Spirit, let us make sure that what we do, not just hold it as an idea in our heads or as a sentiment, in our hearts, but work out its implications in every detail of our lives. Thank you. When we live God's way, the fruit of the Spirit blossoms organically in our lives. Love, joy, peace, long-suffering, patience, kindness, generosity, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Don't be misled. No, no one makes a fool of God. What a person plants, he will harvest. The person who plants self, self, selfishness, ignoring the needs of others, ignoring God, harvests yes, a crop of weeds. All he'll have to show for his life is weeds. But the one who plants in response to God, letting God's spirit do the growth work in him harvest a crop of real life and internal life so let's not allow ourselves to get fatigued doing good at the right time we will harvest a good crop if we don't give up or quit the word of the lord thanks be to god 
Thank you, Jaden. Thank you, Miles. Thank you, David. And good morning. Uh, if we haven't met, my name is Jordan. I'm one of our pastors here, and uh, it's great to see you all, and I hope you're having a nice, long weekend. Uh, two things I want to say before we jump into our uh, sermon this morning. Number one, uh, you may see David or others around with a video camera this morning. We're working on a little video project. Don't be afraid. I know some of you may want to like dive behind something to not be in the video. Others of you might want to push someone out of the way to be the star of the video. We welcome whatever response you have. Uh, but I do want to say, uh, because of our child protection protocols, we will not utilize any video footage taken until we have a parent signature allowing us to do so. So fear not, if you see a video being taken, it won't be used if your children are in it unless you give us permission to do so. Um, also, last night we had guys night, and uh, I just uh, want to show you, no one told me, see, because there's no kids, I can show your pictures without your permission. So none of you knew I was gonna show these pictures, but guys who came to guys night last night, we had an amazing time at Jeff Carrier's house what a beautiful home, and uh, we had wings, we threw axes. Look at Luke Boggs' axe-throwing form right here. Um, fantastic. We had such a really good time last night. And so if you have not been a part of Guys Nights, come on out. We do them once a month, and it's just a really meaningful, good time to connect and uh, to share life together. So thank you to Jeff and to Catherine for opening up your home to us. We're really grateful. All right, well, let's spend a few minutes looking into the scriptures, and, uh, and then we'll get to the popsicles uh, not too long after that. So we spent some time last week with this passage from Galatians 5, and we really landed on two words, two words that really jump out of the passage. The words are fruit and flow. And to bring you up to speed, if you weren't with us last week, there's that line in the scripture that the fruit of the Spirit grows organically in our lives, meaning we don't have to try really hard to bear fruit. Fruit happens. It just is the natural, all-on-its-own outflow of a well-rooted life. We don't bear fruit by trying harder. We bear fruit by letting our roots sink down deeper into the vine. And then flow, flow. We gave this metaphor last week of music, of rhythm, of a song. What if we understood life in God's spirit to be a song that we can enter into, that at the heart of this universe, there is a pulsating, eternal song of God that has its own rhythm, its own groove, its own cadence, and the Holy Spirit is given to us to show us how to live in time, in keeping, in step with that song. The song is happening and we are playing with the song. The question is not if we're playing it. The question is, are we playing in tune? Are we playing in rhythm? Are we playing in the right key? We want to more and more bring our lives into submission to the song. There's a way the song goes. We don't get to make it up. We can either play dissonantly or we can play in harmony with the song. And so we want to bring our lives into alignment with that fruit of the Spirit. If God's way is love and joy and peace and patience, and my life doesn't look like love and joy and peace and patience, then what's happening? I'm playing out of tune with the great song. And so, again, we let our lives sink down deeper into the vine, 
and we come into alignment with that song. All right, so this morning, uh, for about 10 minutes or so, I want to just add a third word to Galatians 5 and 6, and it's what our scripture reading starts with this morning. It's the word freedom. And how, how interesting <laughs> that the lectionary gives us a passage uh, over the last two weeks that really deals with freedom uh, as we sit here in the middle of the 4th of July weekend. Uh, and, and I want to just dig into that word. In verse 13 of Galatians 5, Paul says this. He says, it is absolutely clear that God has called you to a free life. It's absolutely clear that God has called you to a free life. Well, cool. That's great. What is freedom? <laughs> what is a free life? Right? I was uh, in my car the other day listening to a Braves game on the radio, and uh, a commercial came on the radio. Here's what it said. Uh, freedom is a feeling. Those are the first words of the commercial. Freedom is a feeling. Is it? <laughs> is, is freedom a feeling? And, and then it goes on, right? And the best way to feel free is behind the wheel of an all-new Jeep SUV. <laughs> is it? <laughs> you know, is that really the best way to feel free is a new Jeep SUV? Uh, now, obviously, marketers are going to market, right? I don't, I don't hate on marketers for doing their thing. But I am curious how often we take in messages like that and don't even realize it, right? Like, this is, this is what you need to be free, a new Jeep SUV. Uh, to me, that sounds like a good way to end up in the mechanics uh, shop quite a bit, is a new Jeep SUV. But apparently, it will make you free uh, as well. Sorry if anybody works for Jeep. I didn't mean to hate on Jeep. Um, how often do we take in these messages without noticing them? In America, freedom is a license. It is a rationale. It is a feeling that justifies me doing what I want to do because that's what it means to be free, we are told, right? But look at what we get in verse 14. Just make sure you don't use this freedom as an excuse to do whatever you want to do and destroy your freedom. In other words, the message of America says, do whatever you want to do. That's what it means to be free. The message of Scripture says, don't use your freedom that way because you'll end up destroying the very freedom that is valuable to you. Right? We are here. Freedom is to serve. The assumption of, of freedom in America runs contrary and counter to Paul's assumption of freedom. Now, on the 4th of July, I want to say this very clearly. I'm so thankful for our country, right? Like, we live in this remarkably beautiful, ridiculously prosperous country that is in general kind, though not always, and is in general free, though of course there are exceptions. There is a lot to be grateful for. And so I, what I don't want to do is like hate on our country on the eve of its birthday, <laughs> right? Uh, if you have ever gone to a less prosperous country and gone into a grocery store, you find like a shampoo, right, if you're lucky. And then you come back to Kroger and you're like, there's 80,000 shampoos in this aisle. And it's just this small little awakening of like, my gosh, we have so much. We have so much. So much to be grateful for. Um, and we can be thankful for that. But... Let's add to that that many of the fundamental assumptions and underpinnings of the American story run contrary. They are not only different, they are counter 
to the fundamental assumptions and underpinnings of the Jesus story. They're, They're counter to it. They run opposite. And so painting with a broad brush, America's story is opposed to the kingdom of God's story, not in alignment with it. And I know those are hard words, but I think if we sit with them, we will find them to be true because the American story is shrinking our view of all God invites us into. It is a smaller world of lesser loves like materialism and consumerism and nationalism. And Jesus' kingdom is always more expansive than that. The freest of countries. You want a free country? It's the kingdom of Jesus. That's the freest of countries because it's the life in which we really are free. And so we can hold both of these things at the same time, gratitude for our country and a recognition that we are invited into a larger story than the American story. Uh, In our call to worship this morning, we read from Psalm 136. And then the next chapter is Psalm 137. And uh, it is not a psalm of celebration like 136 is. It is a psalm of lament. And what's happening here is that the people of God have been taken away from their home and into captivity in Babylon. And by the rivers of Babylon, we sat down and there we wept when we remembered Zion, which is their homeland, right? And then we get these words. How could we sing the Lord's song in a foreign land? We're talking about life in the Holy Spirit being a song we enter into, God's song, the kingdom of God's song. But how do you sing that song when you live in a foreign land? The song, or the question here is the question for us as well. How do we become fluent in the words and ways of God's kingdom when we live in America? How do we submit to the pre-existing values of God's kingdom when we are surrounded in a culture that tells us other things are most valuable? How do we make sense of a free life in a country that prides itself on freedom but uses that word very differently than how Jesus and the New Testament uses that word? And that's what we have to wrestle with. It came out a lot for me during the pandemic. We saw a lot of biblical rationale to be free in ways that actually ended up not serving others, right? And so we have to come back to what does freedom really mean in the Christian story? Let me try to paint it this way. The problem with the self story is that it is fundamentally self-centered, right? It is self-referenced, it is self-obsessed, it is self-interested, it is self-centered. The problem with our cultural story is that it is fundamentally individualistic. So the American story is individualistic, the me story is self-centered, and in America, I can be free without having to worry about you, right? In fact, that's actually part of the American dream. Part of the implication is if I work really hard to pull myself up by my bootstraps, then I can create a better life for me. But it doesn't necessarily mean I have to think about you. Whereas the scriptural version of freedom is deeply communal. It's deeply communal. And so to the self story and the cultural story, we get the Jesus story, which is that Christ is at the center of a beloved community. So what that means then is that the story is not me at the center and the story is not about me at all. I am one of the many orbiting around the center of Jesus and I am inseparably connected to you and you are inseparably connected to me and we're all orbiting around what is the actual center, which is Jesus. 
And so we have to ask ourselves, like, what's the vision of life we are going to enter into? What's the vision of the world we're going to wrap our lives around? Is it the self story? Is it the cultural story? Or is it the Jesus story? Uh, I was watching cartoons yesterday with my son, Noah, and we started watching cartoons about astronauts, and then pretty soon we're watching cartoons about planets. And we started looking at the, the, the way that our solar system is structured, right? And what you get is the sun at the center. Copernican heliocentrism was published in 1543 by, uh, by uh, it introduced the, uh, the Copernican revolution. And the idea was that the sun is at the center of the universe, right? Rather than us being at the center of the universe. And people were incensed by this idea. You put the sun at the center rather than me at the center, rather than earth at the center, it's an affront to the ego to not be at the center. And the sun being the gravitational center of our solar system is actually what keeps the planets secure in their place in the orbits. And I want to imagine what it would look like for us to see Christ at the center of the gravitational pole of our lives. Rather than Christ being one of the pieces of the pie of my otherwise multi-tiered life, what if Christ is at the center, the center of gravity in my life, and everything else is orbiting around it, not myself and my culture at the center, but Jesus at the center. And the reality is that gravity does not feel free. Gravity feels constricting, restricting, right? Like we want to soar above it. I want to jump off this building and fly. But gravity is the bigger reality. I live within its reality. It does not live within my reality. And so if Jesus is the center of gravity in our lives, like we can try to live in denial of gravity, but guess who's going to win, right? Gravity's going to win. We can deny it all day long, but that's just the larger air we breathe. It's the water we swim in. It's the reality we find ourselves in. And so what I'm calling us to today is to receive that we are not the center and our culture is not the center and actually, if we can receive that, we find ourselves grounded in right relationship because we place the right thing at the center, we orbit around it, and everything else becomes clear. And in submission to a larger reality, we are secure. So we'll end with this. Freedom, then, is not getting whatever we want but it's when we don't need to get whatever we want because we have submitted our lives into a larger reality where our needs are met in Jesus and therefore I am free to actually serve you, right? Let's look at what Paul says as we wrap this up in verse 15. Use your freedom to serve one another. That's how freedom grows. He skips, if we skip down to the bottom, if you bite and ravage each other, watch out. In no time at all, you'll be annihilating each other. And where will your precious freedom be then? There is believing, there is becoming, there is belonging, and all of them are emphasized in this passage. And where we get into trouble is when we emphasize one but not the others. Because we can believe all the right things but never become any of them. And we can become free and flourishing and yet only for ourselves and end up devouring the community by placing ourselves at the center of every story. 
And so when we understand Christ is at the center of a beloved community, then we just become content with our place in orbiting around that larger world, and it helps us love God's story and God's world, and that's freedom. So I want to end with this quote from Thomas Kelly, and then we'll come to the table. Uh, Go to before that. It's a long quote. (laughs) I love long quotes. Deep within us, there is a divine center, a speaking voice to which we may continuously return. Now, out from such a holy center comes the commissions of life. Our fellowship with God issues in world concern. We cannot keep the love of God to ourselves. It spills over. It quickens us. It makes us see the world's needs anew. It is because from this holy center we re-love people, re-love our neighbors as ourselves, that we are bestirred to be means of their awakening. We are torn loose from earthly attachments and ambitions, which are at the heart of the American story, and we are quickened to a divine but painful concern for the world. He plucks the world out of our hearts, loosening the chains of attachment, And he hurls the world into our hearts where we and he together carry it in infinitely tender love. Freedom. Freedom is that. So, let's pray. We'll get ready to come to this table. Jesus, as we enter into celebrating all the gifts of living here in this place, Help us also to say yes to that and say yes to that within the larger reality that it is your kingdom that we submit to and that we hold allegiance to. We want freedom in the way of Jesus for the sake of others with Christ at the center. Help us to live that sort of way. In Jesus' name, amen.